see, come and see what God has done. Come and see what God has done. We hear your invitation to us today, Lord. All through the worship, you've been beckoning the attention of our heart and our eyes to see you. And we thank you that you've revealed the great mystery and love of who you are to us in the sending of your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. We love you. We thank you that your love is um, concrete, it's real, it's manifest, it's true, it's forgiving, it's life-liberating. It's freedom, it's joy. Thank you for your love, Lord Jesus. And thank you that you won it for us over the powers of sin and death, our own brokenness and captivity right there on the cross. And we thank you, Jesus, that you rose again to bring new life and whispers of hope into the world. So today, Lord, we, um, we just want to bring the attention of our eyes to you. We hear your invitation, and we want to step towards you in this moment. 
We thank you for your grace upon our lives and that you make all things new. In Jesus' name, we pray that what you're doing in this room, in our hearts, in this moment, you would be doing all over our region, in the lives of the people of the Moreton Bay region, of the lives of the people of this beautiful country of Australia, of the lives of the people all over the world. We, we even ask, Lord, that what you're doing in our heart right now as you're meeting with us, you'd meet with all of those that are, are really in very, very dire circumstances. We think of, um, Lord, the people of the Ukraine. We esteem them to you this morning, Lord. We think of them, Lord. We think of our brothers and sisters that are living in persecuted nations because of their love for Jesus and they're in the prison. We esteem them to you this morning, Lord, even as we're calling out for your love to be manifest in our life. Make it known to them. Let your kingdom come today, God, all over the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Vineyard. Hey, that last song gets you every time. That is a beautiful song, a beautiful song. Thanks, Simone. Thanks, worship team. Um, Thanks for joining us for worship this morning. Before we um, pray in a minute, I'm just going to bring our offerings to the Lord. So why don't we bring our offerings to um, to the Lord? The details are on the screen or... There's an FPOS facility up there and an offering box up at the welcome desk. You can use that as well. But Heavenly Father, we, we come to you with a sense of joy and freedom. And we, uh, we bring to you our offerings. We bring to you our resources. We acknowledge that you've been so good as to give us work and employment. You've, been, you've, you've put us in a country that has a, a social um, caring fabric to be able to care for each other through um, benefits and schemes and uh, all, all sorts of means to be able to provide where we find it hard ourselves. Lord, you are so good to have placed us in this place at this time. And so, Lord, wherever we're at in all of that, we choose to love you with our money. So receive our offerings today. Bless them, we pray, and use them for your name's sake, we ask it. Amen. Nicole. Before we send the kids out. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship. Uh, We just wanted to take a moment to pray for some of our family who are going on a very well-deserved holiday. So Stephen and Lisa and Hope and Judah, would you like to come up the front? We just wanted to pray a blessing upon you as your church family. These guys... um, originally from New Zealand and they're going back to see family and I think it's the first time for Lisa and Hope and Judah in how many years? Yeah, almost three years. So um, very special time to be reunited with their family and friends in New Zealand and they have a lot of vineyard family in New Zealand as well. Um, So why don't you join with me in praying for them and if there's any Jive Up kids here, if you want to come and lay hands on them, anyone, <laughs> anyone, if any, invite anyone to come up and lay hands on them and let's pray a blessing upon them. Thanks, guys. Yeah.
Oh, Father, we thank you for this family, Lord. We just ask now, Father, that you would fill them with great joy. Great joy. And we just pray your um, blessing and protection over all of the plans to this point um, to be able to get them overseas and to travel. We pray for their flights, Lord. We pray that they would be on time and not cancelled or moved. That, Father, they would, um, they would be on that plane, that your angels would be travelling with them. We pray for protection over them. Um, in every mode of transport that they find themselves in on their holidays. And we just ask for just the fullness of your refreshment to fill them, Lord. Fill them up, Lord. Rejuvenate and refresh. And we know, Holy Spirit, that you go with them. And so show them, Lord... Show them, open their eyes even to, just on their adventures, Lord, of who's around them that need your love and need your heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for them. Yeah, anyone got any words for them? pictures um i just got the image of a lantern um that you're not only just leading people to jesus but people are just drawn to you so and we just bless their time with family lord and we pray for judah and hope that it's just a great connection with their friends that they haven't seen in a number of years, Lord, that they would just uh, be forming great memories and great connections again. It's, it would be as if they'd never left, that they would just pick up with their friends. And we would just bless their time with family, Lord, who they've missed dearly, and that it, um, they'd be able to catch up on the last three years very quickly with shared hearts and shared love for you, Jesus. And we just pray, Father, just that you'd anoint their time, that their time um, would be well spent and not rushed and in a hurry um, going here, there and everywhere, Lord, that they would feel rested in you and feel the overflow of joy, Lord, in the fellowship with you and just with their friends and their church family in New Zealand. And we pray protection on their home and their property and their jobs here while they're away. We just bless them with the fullness of your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Coming to release the kids. Yeah, yeah. All right, all kids, jive is on and jive up is on. So if you want to meet your leaders down the back. And we'll just pray for you now. Father, thank you for the gift of children. Thank you, Lord, that you delight in them. And today we pray that you would shower them by the power of your Holy Spirit to fill them up, to know that they are loved and that there is so much more of you to know. 
And we just bless the leaders, Lord, as they lead them in love and with wisdom. Let your power come in Jive and Jive Up today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Nick. Folks, um, hopefully you're getting the weekly email with all the notices. If you are not getting the weekly emails with notices, please sign up. You can do that via the Facebook page. There's a little button at the top that says email sign up. Hit that and you can sign up. Or just email office at prvineyard.org.au and um, you will get the weekly stream of information around the life of this place. Um, Just one I do want to... promote is obviously the women of worth are having a christmas party in another little bit so if you are involved with that or you want to come to that make sure you rsvp and um, i understand that it's a big invite and there's people coming from everywhere so make sure you check in with nicole or bell or others um, through the women of worth page to register for that that would be awesome Alrighty, uh that's it for the notices this morning if you've got your bible gr- grab a hold of it if not Open your phone, (laughs) your other Bible, the one that we probably spend more time in. (laughs) Open your phone up to your Bible app, Colossians chapter 4. We're going to read in there today a little bit of, a bit more of um, Paul's letter to this uh, church plant. And we're going to uh, continue to talk together this morning around this whole theme of Uh, belonging and how Jesus deals with the powers of estrangement and alienation. Uh, The last few weeks, if you have been with us, uh, you'll be up to speed. If you haven't, uh, then we want to just remind you that you can jump back onto our church YouTube channel and you can watch back uh, the... um, the teachings from the last few weeks, or you can jump onto our SoundCloud or our iTunes, and if you just prefer the audio, you can grab a hold of it there as well. We encourage you to do that, to keep in step with what the Holy Spirit is having uh, us have a conversation with the Father about in this little season. We've been working through what it means to belong to God and what it looks like and God's heart for, for us to belong to Him um, and uh, set us free from the power of behaving toward him in the hope that he might like us and, and setting us into the fact that free into the truth that we belong to him, he loves us, and out of that place our lives are shaped. Not only do we belong to him, but we belong to his people. You know, Paul does these other wonderful bits of teaching in different parts of the New Testament there where he describes the, the church as like a body and, and, and with all the different parts that a human body has, so is the church. And when, um, you know, parts of the body are missing, it's hard to be fully functional as a body. I mean, I, I don't feel fully functional most mornings because I get out of bed and it's like I have to do a lot of stretching and warming up for my back to feel like I can go for a walk and a run with my dog. It takes me about 15 minutes just to warm up. And so, um, but then my body starts to become functional. But at the time when I wake up, I'm very aware of the parts that are not functioning properly. And it's, it's like that in the body of Jesus. When we belong to Jesus, we belong to his people. And we all play this very important part in bringing life to each other and to the world as Jesus' people. 
And we belong, in belonging to Jesus, we belong to him, we belong to his people, the church, and we belong to his cause, his work, his activity in seeing the kingdom of God come into the earth even as it is in the heavens. So we, we belong to this very dynamic, very big, threefold kind of reality. And we've been looking at Paul's letter to the Colossian church and how Paul's been exposing the demonic powers that are at work and the behaviors, the institutional behaviors that, that demonic powers actually infuse themselves into in the hope of shaping people's lives. And Paul is busy telling the church, hey, be wary of this stuff, be wary of this, um, these activities and these spiritual dynamics. And one of the ways that you can see that those dynamics are manifesting, Paul talked, we touched on it last week, about um, disqualification and judgment are two manifest signs that we're moving further away from Jesus and falling prey to these dynamics rather than moving into the fullness of belonging to Jesus and learning to love people from the love of Christ alive in us. So if you um, haven't been here, let me quickly jump on to um, um, slide, the next slide. Thanks, Nick. Um, just that recap, okay? This is the backstop or the backstory. So Paul is again... He's, he's helping people realize that to be saved, to be in relationship with Jesus, it's, it's not about behavior management. You're not saved because of the way you behave, and you're not saved by, by doing sort of ritualistic activities or religious performance. You're, you're not saved by that or for that. You're saved by Jesus. Paul goes really hard after this message. It's like, get your, you know, it's, it's all about Jesus. It's centered on Jesus, in Jesus, from Jesus. And then at the same time, he's also, Paul's also exposing these spiritual dynamics that are at work, not just in the church, but in the world. And then they filter their way into the church of um, Paul's dealing with the idea of Gnosticism or special knowledge or special revelation that only only a few kind of special people get and therefore everyone has to bow down and give their allegiance to the special people because they're the influencers, you know. And, and Paul just kicks that one in the kneecaps. He goes hard after that. He is like, do not let that thing lord over you. Do not give that place credence over your life. Um, he's, he's particularly having a go at some people that were running around calling themselves these you know, or Paul terms them super apostles. It's like, but, but, but he's having a go at them, but he's also at the same time having a go at the spiritual dynamics that are at work in culture. And he's talking about how those spiritual um, dynamics of having special revelation or personal um, epiphanies about your own grandeur and your own self-determination and your own capacity to be God, he's also going after that stuff and saying, guys, that's just rubbish. It's, de it's demonized rubbish and it it's fills the philosophies of the world. It fills everything and it's out of that that Jesus has called you into your true life in God. And so that, that Gnostic activity, uh, Paul's going after that. And then at the same time, 
the, the third thing there is he's having a go at the church to say, come on, guys, Jesus isn't just another additional spiritual activity to your life. It's not, you don't get saved because you, you um, give a bit of your time, life, heart, energy and resources to worshipping Caesar, worshipping, um, you know, familiar historical family spirits. You don't get um, saved by... Um, ritualistic behaviour of obeying the, the, the fullness of the law as it once was and plus Jesus. Paul's saying you, it's, not a, it's not a mix of all of that. Paul's saying it's nothing other than Jesus and Jesus alone. It's not Jesus plus. And um, often we kind of read back into the scriptures like, oh, well, these people... They were way back then. They weren't as developed and as intellectual as we are now. We've, we've had more years of technology and development and advancement and intellectual, you know, uh, aspirational stuff. We're, we're way more developed than those poor people back then. <laughs> no, folks. They're just like us. And we are just like them just like them. Even I think the words of King Solomon once said it in Ecclesiastes. He said, there's nothing new under the sun, nothing new at all. This stuff just continues to manifest itself and and, and, and we need to be careful that we don't read back onto the Scripture that those poor people needed a crutch or some sort of spiritual help that we don't need because we're more advanced and developed and more intellectual. And so really, we only need to lean on Jesus when and if, and usually it's in times of crisis or need, but otherwise we're most self-sufficient. That's what our culture teaches us to be, doesn't it? Be very self-sufficient. Have your superannuation in order. Have all your savings in place. Have everything in da, 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 so that you can have what's called a qualified normal life. It's out of all of that that Jesus comes and says, no, out. I'm calling you out of that and into the generous rule of God my Father in the kingdom of God. And it's a good news kingdom. And Paul is saying to the church, hey, Let's never give ourselves to this idea of Jesus plus. Let's be a people who have been so enamored by God's love in the revelation of who he is in Jesus, in his life, ministry, his death on the cross, his cancelling the power of sin, his conquering death itself and on the third day rising again and now ruling and reigning. Let's give ourselves over to this good news reality that God through Christ and Christ alone, invites us into living a whole new life. That's the backstory. So grab your Bible. We're going to read Colossians chapter 4. We'll go to the next slide if we could, thanks. Colossians chapter 4. Now, as we go into this, you're going to notice the very first two words. Let's just devote yourself. Now, this is where someone who has given themselves 
over to letting themselves be loved by God in Jesus and becoming a new creation in Jesus and infused with the Holy Spirit, this is when our lives get transformed and we do begin to take on new practices. Paul's not saying um, it's, uh, practices don't flow from belonging. He's saying there are certain practices that do flow from belonging to Jesus. Our lives do get shaped by Jesus. But there's a, there's a he says here very clearly, devote yourself. He's not praying to God in, this, in that statement. He's not saying, hey, God's going to give you a magic bullet so that you'll just somehow wake up and go, you know what? Okay, thanks, God. You've given me the magic juice. We're going to get on with this. No, no, no. Paul's saying here, you have, you have met Christ. You have been filled with the Spirit of God that rose Christ from the dead. And now your will is starting to be infused with the life of God. Now your mind and your thinking is beginning to get shaped by the thinkings and the minds and the creative capacities of God. Now you're coming alive in God and you yourself bring yourself to that journey. It's not passive me, all Jesus. It's actually all been Jesus and now I'm coming alive to bring myself to the journey. Devote yourself. Who put your shoes on this morning? You did. Devote yourself. Get up and get in the relationship with Jesus. So behaviour does flow from belonging to Jesus. And this is what God, Paul here is doing here. So Colossians 4.2. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Jesus Christ for which I'm in chains. So remember, he's in house arrest. He's in prison here when he's writing this letter. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, this next little bit, this next chunk. I love this next chunk. You know, often when we read Paul, we think he's this amazing, like, super trooper bloke, and he, and he is in one sense. But he's very, very quick to say, I'm not doing the journey on my own here. And you listen to all the people that's with him in this moment, and he intentionally mentions them by name. In other words, he's saying, I'm not doing the journey on my own. I need all of these people around me and with me to do the journey. Okay? Tychicus will tell you all about the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you know you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. <laughs> Sounds like, yep. Um, he's con- coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. And they will tell you everything that's happening here. So that's two guys. My fellow prisoner, 
Aristarchus, that's the third bloke, sends you his greeting, as does Mark, fourth guy, who's the cousin of Barnabas. You've, re- you've, you've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who's called Justice, this is a, you're not, not Jesus Christ, it's Justice, otherwise known as Jesus, uh, as a fourth guy also sends his greetings. Uh, these, are only, these are the only Jewish guys among my co-workers for the kingdom of God. And they've proved a comfort to me. You want some comfort in your hour of need? Get some Jesus people around you. Don't isolate. Don't run to the cave, the man cave. Don't run to the hill that's like, nah, I'm shutting off everything and everyone. That's not where the comfort is. It's the wisdom of God that he puts us in the context of a people where we walk together. You want more comfort in your life? You want to know the the soothing love of God for the pains that you're carrying and suffering? Hang out with Jesus' people. Don't listen to the do-it-on-your-own thing. Hello? Anyway, um, that's four... Verse 12, Epaphras, that's the fifth guy, uh, or six, sorry, thanks, Scott, who's one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus sends his greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. Isn't that a comforting thought? Someone's praying for you. Someone's praying for you. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you might stand firm in all that... Uh, in the will of God, mature and fully assured, I vouch for him. He is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, another one, and Demas, another one, sends his greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and Nymphar and, and the church in her house and this letter has been read to you. Uh, see, see that it's also read to the church of the Laodiceans that, that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea and tell Archippus. There's another one. Yeah, well, that's just to him. I think this is actually the word of knowledge that Paul just drops on the end of this letter. It's like all of a sudden God says, hey, make sure Archippus knows this. See to it that you complete the ministry that you have received in the Lord. Wow. Wow. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. What a great letter. Amazing. But let's jump back into that first few verses there, between verse 2 and verse, um, verse 6. There's a few little things there that, that Paul talks about being the overflowing activity of being in God or devoted to Jesus. Let me flick to the next slide. Thanks, Nick. The first one, uh, he says, is be devoted to praying. Devotion's an interesting concept and an interesting word. The, the, The real nuts of it is that he's just saying, be continually steadfast about this. Like, be steadfast about it. If you're going to be steadfast about some kind of kingdom lifestyle, be steadfast about praying. Uh, be, be continual about it. One of the signs of the overflowing belonging of Jesus in our life and him to us and us to him is a life of being continually steadfast about prayer. 
Now, some of us might self-disqualify and we might say, well, I'm not much of a prayer or I'm not real good at that and I'm not good with words. To say something like that is a statement and a sign of an underdeveloped relationship with Jesus. To say that is a statement and a sign of an underdeveloped relationship with Jesus. Because Paul is saying one of the overflowing realities and fruits and lifestyles of, of partnering in a, this relationship with Jesus, of being saved, is that you will have an ongoing conversation with God. To say I'm no good at this or I can't do that or, or maybe I should let someone else do it is also a reflection of possibly trying to live our life of prayer through someone else that can do it better. Paul calls us out on that. Paul's calling us out on that and said, hey, 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 that's not how we do it. There is a very important intimate relationship here and the fruit of belonging to Jesus, it, it's about someone who steadfastly, that means, you know, not easily tossed or not easily unsettled, but someone who's just given and plods and is, is, is there and turns up and is faithful and at it and no matter what the circumstance or season or situation, but just continues to, to be there, to front up. I think God would prefer it. I think this is what Paul's trying to get through to us, is that God or Jesus prefers that we front up even in the current state of whatever we're in, rather than not front up at all. It's this continual steadfastness. Here I am, Lord. Today I'm on top of the world. Here I am, Lord. Today I am having a hard time getting out of bed. Here I am, Lord. Today I do not want to go and deal with this conversation in the workplace. Here I am, Lord. I need to have this, um, you know, conversation with my teacher at university that I just know I'm going to get some serious pushback on. Here I am, Lord. I, I really, my financial advisor told me to spend my money this way, but you're saying spend it this way. Here I am, Lord. Front, just front up. Stump up. Keep turning up. Prayer. And it's interesting that the, the, the type of prayer that he's, he's um, touching on here, it's, it's this, this sense of conversation with, with God that's watchful. Well, watchful for what? <laughs> what are you looking for? Well, Jesus, if we, if we just look at Jesus as our life illustration and model, that we're all seeking to be like and become more like and live from the belonging reality of his life, Jesus would say it like this in John, 4, uh, John 5, 19. He would say, I can't do anything unless I see my father doing it. And I only say what I hear my father speaking. So what are we looking for? Paul says when we're praying, be steadfast about looking for what God's up to. Not what he's not up to, but what he's, up to, what he's actually up to. Let the orientation of your eyes, let the, let the, let the um, focus of your vision be, what are you doing today, God? Help me see you. Let me partner with what you're up to. Be watchful for what the king is actually doing in bringing his kingdom. And with that comes this sense of thanksgiving 
of knowing that I'm actually in a relationship with the living God. So one of the practices of belonging or one of the behaviours that flows from belonging with Jesus is prayer. And uh, we can talk about all different types of prayer. But if we just jump on to the next slide, just a couple of quick quotes here. A.W. Tozer, he says this, to desire revival, and gosh, I hear this every Christian context I go to. It's like, yeah, we need a revival, we need a revival. Amen, we do. At the, to desire revival and at the same time neglect personal prayer and devotion is to wish one way and to walk another. <laughs> He's calling us out, isn't he? It's like it's to wish one way and to walk another. Yeah, that, that's, that's well pointed, Tozer. Uh, just a different natured um, perspective here. Brother Lawrence, Carmelite priest, way back in the 1600s. He says this, There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than a continual conversation with God. There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than a continual conversation with God. This, this is prayer. This ongoing conversation with God. Charles Finney, he was studying to be a lawyer um, and then all of a sudden God got a hold of him one night and did a work in his heart and he ended up becoming this preacher of the kingdom. And the second great awakening happened and loads and loads of people came into the kingdom of God as a result of this guy getting um, belonging to Jesus. He says, Nothing tends more to cement the hearts of Christians than praying together. Never, never do they love one another so well as when they witness the outpouring of each other's hearts in prayer. That, that, that is a great observation and truth. When you're sitting with people, when you're standing with people and you're hearing them praying their heart to the Lord, God, by his goodness and the power of the Spirit, somehow there's a bond that forms where it's like our hearts become one and for each other. Some, just some great little quotes there in, that I think underline what Paul's inviting us into. Um, next slide, thanks, Nick. Uh, second thing that Paul po talks about flowing out of a life of belonging to Jesus is this sense of opening of doors. Now, remember the context. Paul's in prison. So the idea of an open door, that sounds really awesome. But, but, but here, if, if you're listening to what Paul's saying, he's not praying, God, get me out of the context. That's not what Paul's praying. Paul's praying, in my context, would you open a door so that the message of Jesus would flourish beyond where I am. He's, he's not saying, God, if you would just get me out of this and put me over here, then we can do what it is that the kingdom's up to. No, no. He's, he's in prison. His circumstances are binding him. He's, he's profoundly stuck in that place. And he's in that context and he's saying, God... Would you open a door 
around my life circumstance so that the, the mystery of the knowledge of Jesus would go way out there beyond where I am. Let it go, Lord. Open a door, Lord. He's speaking both, phys- he's speaking naturally, he's speaking spiritually. He's, 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 he's speaking about, God, if there's a door that you would open for me right now, would you open it so that Jesus would become even more famous in the world in which I'm living? More famous. An entranceway, a gate. It's, it's, it's interesting. God often, um, um, well, a, a little bit of a backstory here for us is that for many years, we spent 10 or more years, a number of years ago, visiting a pastor, a Thai, uh, a Thai national pastor in Pattaya in Thailand. Some of you here have got memories of that. Um, and Sarapon, he was, um, he was this uh, local Thai guy and he, he got saved and he, he met Jesus and he, was, he had zero to his name in terms of finance, in terms of um, people around him uh, or, or influence. He just loved Jesus. And, and by the grace of God, somehow our paths crossed and we met with Sarapon along the way. And um, as we did, we discovered all he does is pray, God, would you open the doors and would you send people here? God, would you open the doors and send resources here so that other people would find Jesus just like I have? Anyway, over a period of about 10 years, we, we trucked through Patea, Thailand, a number of times, and hundreds of people, and not only through our little church here, but through a number of um, connected relationships that we have with people around the world, from Germany, and from America, and from Singapore, and from the Philippines, and we all, by the grace of God, converged onto this one little, little town with this one little guy. It's actually not a little town, it's a big town. It's a big party town in the south of south of Bangkok. It's where basically all the, all the white men of the world go and do terrible things to women. It is a terrible, terrible city. And yet in the middle of that, Jesus saves a guy and he just cries out, God, would you open a door? I think when we got there and we started talking to Sarah Point and at the very first um, few meetings that we met with him, the best he could number, the, the number of people that loved Jesus in that city was something like about 30 people. It is such a dark, dark city. And um, so over a number of years, the Lord just said, start getting involved. Start loving as this guy's praying for a door to open. We sent people, we sent resources, we sent money, we sent all sorts of uh, uh, activities uh, to be a part of what God was doing there. And as best as I can understand, within I, at one point there, I was co- scratching my head a little bit, trying to remember back to it, but without trying to overinflate things, in that short period of time, we saw about 300 people come into the kingdom of God. 
And it's not because we were doing anything super great. We were just turning up on the back of the fact that the Spirit had spoken to us about connecting with this guy who was praying for a door to open for the kingdom of God to come. And people started meeting Jesus. A few other churches got planted by Sarabon, and it's, it's a wonderful story of the kingdom of God. If you were to ask God today to open a door, who would you be asking him to open the door to? Maybe God's inviting us to change the nature of our prayer life to, oh God, would you make my life more comfortable, to, oh God, would you open a door that your kingdom might come? Where are the doors that are closed, that are stubborn, that are preventing the flow of sharing Jesus and the reality of him? And then like Paul, Maybe it's, a, it's a, maybe it's an invitation in this season to maybe just humble ourselves enough to go, would you pray with me for this door to open and find a few people? Would you, would, you, would you pray with me? Would you stand with me? Would you come on the journey with me to see God open the door? If you were to ask God this morning... God, open the door so that Jesus might come. To who? To what group of people would that door be opened? Next one. Thanks, Nick. Um, Paul also talks about uh, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Here we go. That's a great word, that wisdom word. It actually does mean use your nous, have a bit of smarts, actually have a bit of acute thinking, give your mind to what actually God might be up to. But be be given, considered, thought through the way you choose to live out your daily living. The wisdom of God, the power of his love, what does that look like breaking through us in this moment, in this season. There's a sense here where Paul's encouraging us to all be so overflowing with being belonging to Jesus that we begin to actually live out the Jesus life through us. A simple approach to this. Um, it's, you know, I, was, I was thinking about, I had a flashback of a memory one day when Corey and I, we had lunch at Nando's. I don't know if you can remember it, mate, but we were having lunch at Nando's and we ended up, anyway, we just, we end up praying with someone, complete stranger in Nando's. I also had a flashback of walking into the bottle with another person and that, the person behind the counter serving us, all of a sudden, uh, we had a word of knowledge, have you got a bad back? Well, actually, yes, I do. And then we prayed with them. I remember sitting in coffee club, Strathpine, with Dave here. We are just having a bite to eat one morning and, and then all of a sudden it was like I just was continually like there's something going on for these people at this table over here that I think God's onto it. And as they went to leave, I just 
said something, I can't even quite remember, I think it was a, like a physical condition. It was like, have you got a pain in your back or something? And they said, yes. And so we, we end up praying with them. And they, they were on this journey towards Buddhism. And I was like, well, we're not coming in Buddha's name, we're coming in Jesus' name. And we prayed for them right there. And they experienced the power of his presence, touching their back, bringing healing. What's the, what's the wisdom of God look like flowing through our lives? What's the activities of Jesus alive in us? And because Paul says there, it's going to happen. If you give yourself to this way of thinking and living and, and, and orientated towards the rule and reign of God and Jesus, your actions do follow. And then one of the other things he says is that you will be these kind of people that make the most of every opportunity. All of a sudden, your eyes are open and you become one of those kind of people who's like, I just can't let this moment pass without stepping into it. Make the most of every opportunity. That word opportunity is the word kairos. It means the timing of God. It's not not necessarily a sense of opportunity like take it or leave it. What Paul's saying is there's these moments where the divine rule and reign of God is breaking in to the world and into people's lives. And as people who are connected to Jesus and alive in Jesus and filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden we become these people who are given to there is a divine moment taking place and we are made for this moment and we are going to step into this moment. One of the things I love about who we are as the Vineyard people is that we use this little phrase of, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you now? where we take that thing from being this private religious thing to being a life lived in the power of God. Wise behaviour. Let me just give you a quick little update. I was so surprised. I've just uh, written it down the bottom there. Tilly and my old mate, I wanted to give you a little update. A little while ago, uh, you know, I was sharing with you a story. I was out walking my dog, Tilly, and uh, and I was just, it was about five degrees, it was in the middle of winter this year, <laughs> it was cold and I'm walking along and then all of a sudden an old mate, hadn't seen for about four or five years, used to see him at triathlon club when our kids were in the tri club together and, and, and we'd, you know, talk a lot and every now and then pretend like we were triathletes as well and it didn't go well for me, but it went well for him. But anyway, all of a sudden saw him on the footpath and he's, he comes rushing over to me to tell me, and he looked very sickly, very gaunt. His head was, his, all of his hair was gone, that he had stage four um, blood cancer. And, um, and he's just unloading this to me. And I'm like, hang on a minute, I, I, you, got, you got young kids. You got, I know your wife. It's like, hang on a minute. So anyway, we just, I just said to him right there on the footpath on Saturday morning in the middle of a park run, <laughs> can I pray for you now? And he says to me, Mate, I'll take all the good vibes from everywhere I can get. And I said, well, I just need to let you know before we do the good vibes, it's Jesus' good vibes. It's not anyone else's. And he goes, oh, okay, no worries. So anyway, we pray for him. I pray a simple prayer. I ask for the king to come. I ask for Jesus to break the power of the, the sentence of death and dying that's in his body, in the cancer, and that it would leave his body and that he would be restored. His health would be restored so that he could enjoy his life with his family. Well... The other day, we're going to a school function, end-of-year function, and we're standing in the line to get into the school hall. We're toddling along, and he comes bolting along the side there and sees me, and just like deer in the headlights comes straight at me. He says, I need to give you an update. 
He said, I'm so glad I've seen you. I said, why? What's, what's the deal? He goes, I've gone, I, it's like in reverse. The cancer's in reverse and I've gone back to what they say is like a stage one and I'm getting better every day. And I'm just like, go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. And I told him that. I said, That's it. I said, I'm so pleased for you. I'm so pleased that God has been so kind to you. I said, please know we continue to pray for you every day. The wisdom of God behaves like that. It behaves like walking the dog and praying for the sick. What's your circumstance where you're walking every day? And who are the people around you where the wisdom of God actually goes, this is making the most of every opportunity. Who are the people that God's placing in our lives where it's, a, it's actually an invitation into a divine moment? Lastly, if we go on the next one, thanks, Nicole. Um, this, this, this one's a little pokey. <laughs> this one's a little pokey. Words matter. I remember when I was about 15 and I, I, I got my first job, part-time job, Thursday morning, Saturday, Thursday night, Saturday morning, and, but I was working in a jewellery store of all places. So I was working with these three very lovely ladies, very proper, very nice, very... And I'm like... And I was worked there for about six months, Thursday night, Saturday morning, making a bit of coin, but there was an opportunity for me to get a little bit more money if I just went down to Woolworths, down the hall at, at Strathpine Centre here and worked there. So I said, thank you, I'm going to Woolworths now, got a job at Woolworths. And I remember the first day I walked into Woolworths and the old storeman in the back dock, his name was Don. And Don had a mouth on him like, whoa. I mean, you know, you've been to the football before and you've heard a few things. I mean, this guy was so colourful. Like my first step in the door was like, what are you doing in my storeroom? And I'm just like, whoa, 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 hang on, what have I stepped into here? Words matter. Paul makes a point of this. There's, there's this distinct outworking reality of people who are connected to Jesus where they realise their words matter. Now, I'm not only having a, uh, using Don as an illustration, in my own life as well, Jesus is always speaking to me about the words that I use because they're important. And he says, Paul says here, one, one of the things that flows from belonging with Jesus is that our conversation would always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you might know how to give everyone, to answer everyone. What does that mean, our talk, our words, our conversation would be full of grace? In other words, he's saying the very words that we speak actually have this sense of, it's not, please hear me, it's not like, Dominion theology where we speak something into being. No, no, no. Paul's saying that our words, when we flow from this intimate relationship and conversation with Jesus, is that our words actually sound like and have a flavour to them of the life, the kindness, the goodness, and the favour of, of God and the kingdom. And actually in doing that, in the way that we use our words, we actually create space for the kingdom to come. 
Um, you know, words do matter. And particularly in our culture in this moment, at this time, words are very important. It's like vocabulary all of a sudden has become, for want of a better word, weaponized. Weaponized. You've got to be really careful how you use your words. You've got to be really careful. And Paul's saying that. Be wise. Have your smarts on. I'll help you in every opportune moment to know what to say and how to say it. Because if you're saying it as he says it, it will bring the favour, the life and the establishment of the kingdom of God into a circumstance. Paul here is inviting us into such a profound, deep, intimate relationship with belonging to Jesus that our conversation with people in everyday situations and interactions is so empowered and so coated and covered with the love of God that doors open quite unexpectedly. We had this little fun moment yesterday, and I'm not this... I'm not into the whole, oh, the favour of God is on my life because I've got the car park. I'm not into that. I'm not into the, oh, the favour of God's on my life because I got upgraded from cattle class to business class. Not into that. I'm not into the favour of God's on my life because I once drove a Toyota and now I drive a Mercedes-Benz. That, eh, just, that's wrong thinking for me. I, I don't think that's Bible talk either. But I am into the understanding that Sometimes, as we partner with being these people who bring the kingdom, doors open. Favour is extended not only through us, but toward us. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yesterday, we had this fun little thing. Yeah, we went out for lunch with about a dozen people, and we'd booked this place and, to go to lunch, and they, and, but it was a 1.30 sitting. We turned up early at 1 o'clock. And I was just like, well, maybe we can just ask if, if it, we can go in. And they said, we got there at one, and they said, actually, yes, you, you can come in. And they brought us in and sat us down, and they were sitting us down at this one area, which was I thought it was quite nice. I could have had lunch there. It was probably a bit noisy, but it was all right. It was good. Uh, but then the, the head waiter came along, and she said, hey, listen, you guys have been so nice to me. And I'm like, what? I'm like, all we said was hello and can we come in? But anyway, she says, you've been so nice to me. I have this really nice space. It's up on the deck. There's more breeze. There's a view. Would you guys like to come up there? I said, sure, that'd be nice. Let's do that. And so anyway, she ushered us up to this place. We were just being who we were together as Jesus' people, living the kingdom life. And in the kindness of God, we got given an opportunity to step into another place. I want to encourage you guys. God will season your life with his character, his love, his joy, so that others will see it and invite you into what God's doing. Words matter. Words matter. Full of grace. I do want to, I do want to, and I'm speaking to myself here as well. We need to, as the people of Jesus, be very careful about how we describe other people. We need to. 
be very compassionate and caring and considered about the way we throw around labels onto people. We need to be the people of Jesus who bring the good news of the kingdom to every person, no matter where they're coming from, no matter what their story is. I just want to encourage you, be careful about how you use descriptors on others. And Paul's inviting us to look at people like Jesus does. Paul's inviting us to speak about each other like Jesus does. And so bring the kingdom. All right, that's enough for now. Let's, uh, last slide, where we begin. Belonging has very much to do with devoting yourself. How much of the journey do we want to give ourselves to? Let's, let's stand and pray, and then we've got some words of knowledge here for, from the team that met at the 8.15, which you're all very welcome to come and join in on a Sunday morning. But let's just stand and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love meeting with us here in this place this morning. Thank you for the, the invitation to living a life with Jesus as Lord. And I pray, Lord, that as you're calling us into the deeper realities and the maturing reality of being disciples of Jesus. Hmm. That our belonging to him would fully um, fill us, fuel us, and shape us in such a way that doors would open and the good news of Jesus would splash onto the lives of the people all around us. And in this moment right now, I ask, Lord, that you would bring to our heart and our mind what door you would, you would be inviting us in this season to be praying would open for each and every one of us. Show us, Lord, what door would you be inviting us to pray would open And at the same time, Lord, give us the, just the grace to be, and, the, and the humility and the honesty to, like Paul, invite a few people into that space with us so we're not doing it alone. Maybe just one or two or three others that might pray with us for the doors to open. Just give us the names and faces of a few people, Lord. And give us the um, capacity by your Holy Spirit's power to devote ourselves. To devote ourselves. Come, Holy Spirit. There's a few words here. I'm just going to read them out. Um, the first word is just the word disconnected. Disconnected that you've been battling with disconnection. Tightness around the left calf muscle. Sharp pain in the stomach. Any of those three, disconnection, tightness around the left calf, or sharp pain in the stomach. Any of those, anyone got any of those going on, those three? 
things going on. Yep. Anyone else? Yep, over there. Can you just sort of maybe toddle on down over here to the front for us and we're going to get some people praying with you in a minute. That would be great. Um, anxiety, especially for a heavy, that sort of shows itself as a heavy weight in the chest and a shortness of breath, uh, a ringing, painful ringing in the ear, a right ear, any of those two, the, the chest, the carrying of the anxiety in the chest or the ringing in the ear, ringing in the right ear. <laughs> You're right. Thank you, Lord. God wants us to see ourselves as he sees us, struggling with self-identity. And the last one here is the Lord calling people to turn back to the good harvest that's right in front of them instead of facing the fear that's caught their attention. Oh, that's a good word of invitation. Take your eyes off the fear and put your eyes back onto what the Lord's doing. That one and, and self-identity. Anyone's hands up for those ones that that's touching? Yep, okay. Okay, yep, okay, over here. Terrific, thank you. All right, now we're going to pray with those folk. I also just want to invite you, if you are here with any other physical need, or if you are wanting to connect with Jesus more today, come on down the front here and we're going to pray with you before you go. I'm going to get a couple of folk just to come and um, pray with those that are at the front. But as we do that, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll bless us today to continue to devote ourselves to the journey of following Jesus as Lord. In your name we pray it, Lord. Amen. Thanks, um, thanks, guys. And if a couple of folks, some fellas down here, some ladies, just come on down here and pray with those that are here. That would be terrific. Thanks, guys.